Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning, especially because a bunch of our students are here. And they're here to share about our trips that we went on this summer. We took two mission trips this summer. One team went to Costa Rica for two weeks. The other team went to Memphis. And you're going to hear some of their stories, some of the things that they experienced, some of the ways they were impacted, some of the ways they were changed, and what they brought back home. It's a great story. I'm excited also this morning because the rest of the summer previous, we've been studying the book of Acts. And Acts is full of incredible stories of what God has done in the lives of his people. People like Peter and Cornelius and Philip and the Ethiopian. Lots of incredible people who are used by God in incredible ways. And today we're going to look at stories that are happening today in our students' lives as God used them to the impact the world. Before I invite them to come up and share some of their experiences, I wanted to dig into our first scripture reading from Joshua chapter 24. And in Joshua 24, we find that Joshua is near the end of his life. Jericho happened a long time ago. They've battled it out with all of the other um, nations. They've had a time of rest. And now, Joshua is speaking in front of the whole nation. And he's telling the people, hey, I'm going to be going to be with our Lord soon. I want to make the most of this time. I have some important stuff to tell you. So he carried them through their history. He reminded them about being in Egypt. He reminded them about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He reminded of them of being in the desert and all that they had been through. And now he comes to verse 14. And he says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. He clearly called out to his brothers and sisters in Christ and he said, Brothers, sisters, live out your faith. Be intentional. Serve God. You were created to serve God. Serve him and him alone. Make him first in your life. Submit your life to him. But, he continues in verse 15, If it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you dwell. He's like, if you're not going to serve God, well then fine, <laughs> pick Pick something else to follow, but dedicate yourself to it, even if it's going to waste your life. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So it's almost like he took a stake and he drove it in the ground right then, and he said, I'm going to be intentional with my life. I'm going to live out my faith. I'm going to let my light shine. I don't care what these other nations are doing. I don't care what other gods they follow. I'm going to be intentional with my life, and I'm going to give my life to my Creator, and serve him with my life. He stands before the nation of Israel that day and says, follow me. Today, our students have the opportunity to share how they have let their light shine. As I said, we sent two teams this summer, and they shared their lives with the people they encountered. You're going to hear stories, things that they experienced, things that they did. And they're going to challenge you to let your light shine as well. Memphis team, come on up.
While we were in Memphis, we found that... Right, sorry. Good morning, my name's Thomas. <laughs> when we were in Memphis, we learned that God always brings blessings in tough situations. Um, one afternoon, we were working on a fence for a nice lady named Miss Irene. Um, in Memphis, that average day was around 100 degrees with around 70% humidity, so not great to be outside. <laughs> um, it went from sunny to cloudy to raining to downpour with lightning in about eight minutes. We all grabbed our drills and ran inside and got everything tucked into the vans. Um, while we were inside, we got to bond, and once we got back outside, um, the weather was so great, it dropped 10 to 20 degrees, and it was way less hot and just awesome. We had experienced firsthand that God always brings blessings out of tough circumstances, and even though we were laying the concrete and we didn't want it to rain because we didn't want anything to go wrong, it still made that day so much easier and so much better. Good morning, my name is Luke, and I was one of the students blessed to go on the Memphis mission trip. Uh, one of the many new experiences that we were blessed to have was daily devotion. And what that was was every morning we would spend 45 minutes uh, reading the Bible, praying, and really reflecting on how we could live a God-pleasing life for that day. And I know for me especially, this made a world of difference. Going into this mission trip, uh, I wasn't in a very good place with God. I was confused. I was angry. I was just lost. Um, but really immersing myself in his word and talking to him directly and saying, I need help, it really brought me closer to him and made, it made a world of difference. And I know it did for many others on this trip as well. So that's why we decided that we were going to bring it home with us and we're going to continue doing this after the mission trip. So we started hashtag DYD, do your devos, as a friendly reminder to ourselves, uh, along with others, that God comes first. And we should always take time out of our day to get that close feeling with him, because it'll help you just as much as you know, helps everyone else. Hi, good morning. I'm Anna. Um, so I think not only did we learn how to do a devo, but we also learned the importance of just spending that time with God because it was in those moments that we realized how much we actually needed him. It was a time where we could just be real with God and be like, okay, Jesus, I surrender. This is your life, not mine. And after a while, devos became less of a check on your checklist, but more of this desire to just be in a relationship with God. It was kind of like a good cup of coffee with Jesus every morning. And just like coffee is hot and it's comforting and it wakes you up, Jesus wants to pour into you just the same. He wants to love you, and he wants you to love him back, and it's just such a good feeling. And I think sometimes we just get so wrapped up in looking for something that's going to make us happier or our lives better or just something more satisfying. But I think that's when we forget that the only thing that can satisfy, truly satisfy our souls, is the one who made them. So do your Devo, hashtag DYD. Thank you.
so I loved hearing that story when I came back because it was a week after we had gotten back that I heard this story and they were still doing their devotions. And so we love that our students go and grow closer to Jesus. We love even more that they go and they come back and they continue to walk with him here. I'd like to ask the Costa Rica team to come on up. So we took 19 students and three adults to Costa Rica. We were there for two weeks. We had to raise approximately $2,300 for all of us to go. And we did a lot of work. We did four days of VBS. We had to learn how to um, not only plan, the students planned the VBS themselves, and then they translated it all into Spanish. And then we did a big work project where we did three different concrete pads. <laughs> Hi, I'm Zach Bird, and I was a student who traveled to Costa Rica on this year's mission trip. Um, once we arrived, the kids, as well as all of the other locals, were very excited as well as curious as to whom we were. Some of the boys even asked us if we'd like to play soccer with them, and we're like, Psh, yeah, I'm going to play soccer. <laughs> so little did we know, um, they were all-star pro 10-year-olds. And um, so I, I'm, honestly, these kids were so good, and they could probably beat the LP soccer team if you just put it out there. Okay, um, but I digress. Um, to add, to, to add on to what Jeremy was saying, um, we did lead a VBS down there for the kiddos, and it was just a great experience to um, connect with the kids in a different way. We even taught them how to play football. I mean, go America. So after the first couple of days, um, I noticed that there was a group of guys in the back who weren't dancing because we'd sing songs at the beginning and the end of every VBS day. And so I thought to myself, I can make these kids dance. So um, in turn, I decided to uh, bribe them. I bribed them. One more time. Well, I, okay, so I bribed the kids with some ice cream, and I told them that if they danced, I'd buy them ice cream. And so they danced, I bought them ice cream, it all worked out. <laughs> and bribing is effective, so booyah. Um, at the end of every day, um, whether we finished a VBS day or it was a work day, um, the local boys would always want to play soccer with us during free time. Um, even if we got rained out, we'd play cards and don't worry, it was just go fish. And we'd even help each other communicate better and understand each other's language. And we'd even exchange currency and check out uh, like American currency and how, what theirs looked like. Um, now every day, we would go to the school and we'd lay our concrete, mine our own business. And uh, the boys would always be curious as to what these gringos are doing today. So uh, they would watch us without care in the world. And even one of the last days, we were mixing concrete. The boys even picked up shovels and uh, helped us, and that was great. Uh, it was amazing to see how wonderful God worked through the entire trip, um, just to see how much joy the boys, as well as all the other kids in the local community, uh, emulated in the amount of little that they had, and that was just incredible. And I don't think the boys in the community will ever realize how much they truly impacted our team as a whole, so to shed some more light on impact, here's Ben. Hi, my name is Benjamin Corneliuson, and uh, I also went on the Costa Rica mission strip. As Zach said, our team had a lot of fun interacting with all the different types of people down in Aluela. We met so many, and we learned so much in this short two-week period. Despite the constant language barrier, um, myself and all of those around me found ways to demonstrate our love for Christ as, to as many people as we could in our surrounding area. The people we met, as Zach talked about, were so gracious and very generous to our team. 
And it really impacted just, it really impacted all of us in many different ways. While we were down there, about halfway through the trip, some neighbors that lived just down the road from the church that we were staying at decided that they would surprise us with a home-cooked meal, dessert, and a bit of a party. After we returned from the work site that day, we were presented with an awesome dinner and smiles from all the neighbors that lived around us, just to come and celebrate and thank us for what we were doing. This generosity meant so much to us, and it really impacted us even more when we had found out that the family that held the dinner for us had actually fallen away from the church and Christ about a year earlier. And the work that we were doing down there brought them back to the pastor and his family and ultimately brought them back to the church. The liveliness and the kindness of all the people we met uh, really meant a lot to our team. Through the kids' energy all around or to their determination to communicate with us, we witnessed God in so many ways. He spoke through each and every one of us on this trip. We made relationships with each other, with our leaders, and with the locals that we will never forget. The people in Costa Rica were so very relationship-based, and they really learned how to get to know us in our hearts for God. As we met all the youth down there, we were able to see how strong their hearts were for God and for our little group. I encourage us all to have that same heart and learn to get to know one another. Find where you are in him so that we can all make our walk in Christ together as a team, not leaving anyone behind, staying focused, and looking for other ways to serve him and his people. Now I'm going to turn it over to Grant to talk about the work project. So hi, my name is Grant Grotolution, and uh, I went to Houston. Then after an hour layover, I flew on to Costa Rica. Just making sure you're paying attention. But as Jeremy mentioned, we accomplished so much work while we were down in Costa Rica. Uh, however, we could never have accomplished all our tasks without the crucial tools of teamwork, leadership, and communication. By the end of the second week, we had finished our work project, but we still had about half of our materials left over. We decided that the best use for them would be to donate them to the local church we were staying at. So the night before our last day, several team members volunteered to make a plan for the most effective way to move all the remaining materials down the street to the church. So this leads me to a math problem I have for you guys. Ciro goes to the ferreteria, or hardware store, buys 16 bags of cement, half a ton of gravel, and another half a ton of sand. How long will it take the 10 students to move the materials down the street about a quarter of a mile with the truck they had available? <laughs> Honestly, I don't really know that answer because we didn't use the truck for some odd reason. Instead, we devised a very complicated process of assembly lining, wheelbarrows running down the streets, all while keeping safety in mind. The next day, the team of 10 students moved all the leftover supplies down the street using the assembly line. We were making good progress, but after a while, two of the students were moved to different groups that were in need of people. And another problem occurred when one of the wheelbarrows broke and another was taken to a different group. This left the team with only three wheelbarrows and eight people to move the majority of the supplies down the street. It's fair to say things weren't looking very good. However, we persevered and used teamwork to overcome the obstacles we faced. At the end of four hours, we'd moved all the supplies a quarter of a mile. In total, it added up to about 3,000 pounds. Teamwork made this goal possible. The assembly line that we used is a perfect example of how teamwork and leadership were used on this trip. We grew in our teamwork as we grew in our faith. Like Solomon says in Proverbs 27:17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We were able to encourage each other and sharpen each other throughout the trip, and we were able to grow in so many ways. Now I'll hand it over to Dan.
Hola. <laughs> My name is Daniel Moody, and I want to talk to you guys about a murderer, a prostitute, a slave, and a killer. They weren't people we met on the trip. Uh, their names were Moses, Rahab, Joseph, and Paul. During the two weeks that I spent serving in Costa Rica, I learned a lot about the Bible and God's plan. Every morning we spent at least 45 minutes in a devotion, uh, alone time with God, and a common theme kept coming up in the, the stories that we were studying. It was this, that God uses unlikely characters to accomplish his plan. This kind of got me thinking about the trip, and like Zach said, God was working in the lives of the team when we made a difference in the community around us. Like Ben said, God worked in the lives of the locals through the work that we did in the community. And like Grant said, God worked in the lives of our team as we grew in our leadership and teamwork. God worked in our lives, an unlikely group of teenagers that he used to put his plan into action in another country. Each person that went on either of these trips already had their own lives and their own agenda back here in Colorado. Who would have thought that a group of high school students from another country would be the ones working as God's own hands and feet in Costa Rica? This made me realize something else. It doesn't really matter who you are. God's going to use you no matter what your situation is, no matter how unlikely you think you are. We just need to make sure that his work didn't stop in Memphis or Costa Rica. Let this be a reminder not to get comfortable in everyday life. Live life on a mission so that God can use you to accomplish his plan, no matter how unlikely you think your story might be. I'm blessed to serve alongside these guys. I can't tell you how, what a joy it is to see students who go, who may not be very close friends to one another, to come home and be so full of joy and passion for walking with God. Good job, guys. I wanted to wrap up our sermon time this morning by sharing a story about a young man that I met in 2010. His name is Dallas, and he came to the res residential care facility where I was working. He was there for about six months. In the amount of time that I knew him and strove to get to know him, he didn't really act like he really owned his faith. He was kind of just going through the motions, jumping through the hoops. I want to get home. He struggled with a drug addiction. It was a difficult time, and yet he knew if I do this and I check this stuff off the list, I can go home. About a month after he turned 18, he left the program. And I became Facebook friends with him shortly thereafter and followed him on that journey to find out how he was doing. And those first two years after he got out were really hard. I saw him posting things. One time he posted something that said, it looks like I might be looking at eight years. He'd gotten in a fight with his girlfriend. The police had been called. And then because of the state that he was in, he got a fight, in a fight with the police officers. He wasn't in a good spot. And I had prayed for him while I was there at the residential care facility that I was serving at. And I was praying, Lord, get a hold of this kid's life. I planted some seeds. I was intentional sharing my faith. And I didn't see any fruit. About three months after he had posted that on Facebook and I had reached out to him and talked to him a little bit more about what was going on and reminded him that Jesus loved him. Three months after that, he came to know the Lord. 
And it was incredible to see the difference between where he was, what he was posting on Facebook, to what he started posting after that. It was like a modern-day Paul. He was posting things about all-night prayer services he attended. He was posting scripture verses that has touched his heart. People on Facebook were calling him preacher man. Like, he was intentional with his faith. I had been intentional with my faith to him. Others after me had been intentional, and then he was intentional to others. Two weeks ago, he posted something that said, seven months sober. An incredible joy and blessing it was to me to see that posted. And as a reminder, all of us are fragile, and all of us have struggles. So I found out this past Tuesday, he was gone. He died of a drug overdose. And it broke my heart to see this young man who, praise God, had had such a transformed life and yet was still gone too early. I share that story because I want to remind all of us that we are called to be God's light. We are called to shine his love to the world. And we don't know how much time we have. We don't know how much time we have. We don't know how much time those we are sharing with have. God is calling us to be intentional with our faith, to stand here and now and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I pray that as we leave today, we are reminded, let's keep him first. Let's let our light shine. Let's be intentional with our faith. And let's reach out to those who don't know him. Amen.